naked shamanism. Welcome to With Insights Radio. I'm your host, Iggy Garcia. I will take you on a journey across the universe through shamanism, metaphysical, and holistic. So sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hello, my friends. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Iggy Garcia Live. I'm Iggy Garcia. This is episode 153. The question is, what's next? Where do we go from here? What's going on? What's going to happen? So, Like I start every show, we're going to light a candle, ask for guidance, ask for our ancestors to guide us into the directions we need to go, and give thanks to our ancestors for all the help and everything that we need. And, you know, thank the Great Spirit. Thank uh, all the things that center us, all the things that are important to us, and give thanks to all the people who are in our lives. Give thanks to them as well. Even the ones that challenge us. They're just as important, you know, to be challenged and also to feel and be in that place of self-check realization. Don't burn a little sage here. Always good to burn a little sage because we need to make sure that we're clear and we're open and we're in the right direction and flowing in the right energies as well. Um, does sage work? In my mind, yes. In my belief system, yes, it works. In yours, maybe not. But in mine, I do believe that the sage moves and cleanses and clears things because I believe that. because. You know, when you smell it, it just smells really good, and it gives you, uh, it has a lot of healing properties and has a lot, of, a lot of cleansing properties. And there's been a lot of research done on, on sage, especially white sage, uh, ceremonial sage, as we call it here. And so, you know, it's kind of the, kind of the topic we're going to go into. You know, that's kind of what's next, you know, what's, what's next for America? What's next for the world? What's going on? What do shamans think? What do shamans do? What do shamans, how do they see and how do they approach the world? Well, you know, every year on New Year's Eve, the shamans in Peru all gather and they do their altars. They, they lay out all the things and they make their predictions and they make their, their ideas and their beliefs known to the world. You know, especially in a presidential year, they book, they get to pick who's going to be president. Well, I don't get to pick. They, they have a connection to the source and, and usually they're pretty right. There's always uh, out of 10 shamans, one shaman's wrong. But you know, that's because that guy's just rebel, you know, rebel shaman. But either how, most of the times when the shamans pick a political leader who's going to win, they're usually on the ball about that, usually, you know. And they have the pictures and they, they move it around and, you know, they, they bring in the energy. And, you know, and those of you who are not familiar with shamanism, shamanism is one of those things that, uh, is very, it's a very broad and very concentrated thing all at the same time. You know, you have uh, you have all kinds of shamans in the world, and shamanism is 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 just a word that is just a broad word, just that covers it all. But it doesn't give everything the proper respect and the proper view about that and what that means. But in uh, but in most cultures, it, you know, the, the shamans are usually revered. They usually have insight. They see things that other people don't necessarily see. Not that you don't see it. They're more connected. Are they? Maybe. I don't know. I believe so. And I, I want to believe that most shamans have some kind of insight that most people don't want to carry or use. Uh, not everybody's called to shamanism. Shamanism is one of those things that um, is very unique and very special. And it's not for everybody. And some people like to learn about it because they're curious about the process and the things. And some people just want to get high and get drugs and go on a trip and, you know, do whatever they do. This is the truth. This is the realities of this stuff. This this is what some people do. They just want to abuse the drug. Now, what they find out is the drug actually will do some crazy stuff and make you see the world a little differently than you used to see it. 
the the plant medicine is very powerful medicine, but that's for another show. And I have several shows in the past that I've talked about the plant medicine and what plant medicine is. But in shamanism, what I want to talk about today is what's next. What's next for the world? What's next for humanity? What is next for our country? What's next for the people who live here? What is next? What's going to happen? You know, I wrote a little little blurb there on Facebook because my mind was just going all over the place and I was thinking about all the different things that were going on. I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about the United States. You know, where are we going? Where's the country that, that you know, I came and adopted me? Where are they going? In what direction are we moving? Now, some of you will have different different perspectives on what you see in America, how you see America and how you feel about America. I see it from a different vantage point just because of uh, my background, my heritage, you know, my indoctrination to it and being a minority and being a, man, a Hispanic man, being a man of, uh, you know, who speaks Spanish and, you know, has has a different influence and different connection. But yet I was able to navigate in both worlds, you know, the world that, you know, sees doesn't see me as a Latin man and the world that sees me just as a, a European person, like I would be any guy who looks kind of white. In my country, I'm a mestizo, I'm mixed, you know, I'm a mix between Native American and European blood. That's who I am. That's why I look the way I do. That's why I have a beard. That's why, you know, my hair grows long and, you know, my eyes are slanted a little bit because that's the mixture of all the people inside of me. Those are all the people that came before me who were giving and passing genetic material down every generation. And some of it gets watered down and diluted and some of it goes away. And just becomes, you know, 1%. And some of it stays to 40%, which is my indigenous blood of 40%, which is um, pretty understandable since I'm from Peru. And then the other ones are, you know, Italian, Northern Italian, Southern Italian, Norwegian, Welsh, you know. Funny that I don't see German in there, even though we have German blood on my dad's side of the family. So I didn't get all the German traits. And probably some of my siblings did. And, uh, that I also got Russian in me. I have Molly in me. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of cool combinations in me. That's that's pretty cool, you know. I'm not just I'm 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 an eclectic mix of ideas and feelings and emotions. And no wonder I feel the way I do. And no wonder I I things roll around in my head because I'm fighting these internal uh, genetic you know ideals you know and and and, I, and philosophies the things that have been passed down. Is that true? I don't know. There are some things that science just can't prove, man. I'm sorry to tell you to all my science friends, all my friends who are just dead on beat, you know, thinking that science is the only way and that's that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, science can't prove it, but it must not be real. Okay, whatever. Okay. You know, science can't prove everything. Science can't. Science still hasn't been able to prove how the eel, um, you know, procreates and how it can go from fresh water to salt water and still survive. So, hey, you know, they're still trying to figure that out, according to some articles that I've read. Uh, if you can prove me wrong, then send it to my uh, DM me and let me know about that, because I'd be kind of curious about that. Last time I checked. But anyhow, I'm here to talk about, you know, what I see, what I see and how I feel about what I see. I see uh, I see a country divided. I see a country uh, where people have, and this this is this wasn't something just started like last week. This is something that started like five years ago. Okay, on the first run, you know when when Trump was running for president, you know he wanted to, uh, and Hillary Clinton, and and you know it started on that campaign trail. It started on that campaign trail when when he, um, it's kind of when the when people started to, you know, start to take notice. And start to come awake, not awaken, because there's a difference. Come awake to the possibility that the world might be different with certain leadership. Now, here in America, I've come to understand, I've come to know, I've run for political office. So I kind of have a little bit of right to say what I'm going to say. But it's a buddy-buddy system. It's an old boys club, especially in, in the Democratic and Republican parties. I ran as a Democrat. Am I a Democrat? Not necessarily, but there's only two parties. And you know what? The secondary parties don't get a lot of attention, so you have to pick a side. See, that's the problem with America. That's that's the issue I have. You have to pick a side. You have to pick uh, a party to align yourself with that's not even in alignment with you. And, you know, I'm not saying we need to have 13 political parties like some countries do. And maybe that's why they end up with some leadership that's pretty 
ratty, but but in America, I mean, we should have, you know, four, at least four legitimate parties, you know? Honestly, truthfully, with 50 states that we have, and for the population we have, there should be at least four definite, ingrown, rooted parties, you know, like we used to have in the past. Now we're only down to t two. You know, there's parties within parties, you know, and, and, and sub subsections of parties, but that, that's not the same. You know, these small parties don't get a lot of representation because they make it difficult. They make it hard. They make it hard so they would get no traction. Why? Because the ones on top don't want them. They don't want a third party. They don't want a second party. They don't want a fourth party. They want to battle their friend across the hall there, you know, the donkey and the elephant. You know, that that's that's enough. We don't need any more. You know, hey, well, I... But see, that's what happens. <clears throat> that's what happens when you only have two parties in this country. You don't have diversity. That's not diversity. No. I'm sorry. Explain to me how that's diversity. Because it's not. Okay, so you have different kind of thinking that's non-conservative. But yet you're conservative and you have some, you know, uh, out, out thinking. Kind of like I do. You know, I have conservatism in my, in my blood. But I also have, I'm, I was practicing myself a moderate. I have a moderate way of thinking, you know. I'm not too radical one way or, or too conservative that way. But I don't have a party that represents me. The Democrats don't represent me. The Republicans don't represent me. And so this is the problem that we that we fall. That you know that we 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 associate certain parties with certain people and certain types of ethnicity. And you know that's not true. Because there are Hispanics who are Democrats, there are Hispanics who are Republicans, there are blacks who are Democrats, and there are blacks who are Republicans. And the list goes on and on. Now are the numbers showing one way or the other, which 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 way people lean more? I don't know. I don't have those facts. But from my eyeball point of view, it looks like a lot of minorities tend to lean towards the Democratic Party because they offer different things. They offer things that seem to be like for the people, but I'm not sure. And then the old saying is, Republican Party likes to help people who are in business and people who are in business usually do better when there's a Republican in office. Is that true? I don't know. But those are the words that come out of people's mouth. You know, I know I've said that before, you know, which is in my heart and my truth. Sometimes it feels that way. Why? Because it's a different thinking, different philosophies, different ideas. Now, my biggest concern is that we have a lot of rich people, a lot of educated people, which is fine. Education is not a problem with education. But I have a problem a little bit when wealthy people dominate the landscape of politics. You have to have, you know, greenbacks in order to run for office. I know that's not always true. I know there's always a one or two in there that fits, but one and two is not enough. The common person should be able to say, hey, I want to run for office and be supported and not heckled and laughed at. I was heckled and laughed at when I wanted to run for office. <laughs> you don't have any money, you know? Yeah. But I would like to campaign and I would like to go out and do what I need to do, hit the pavement, which I did. And I was surprised the people that gave me money. More strangers gave me money than my friends did. My friends were afraid to align themselves with me. They weren't my friends. They were just people who liked to be around me because they thought I was funny. You know, I like to drum and I like to do certain things. And then when I stepped into the arena of politics, all of a sudden it was like, Ooh, well, you know, I don't really want to be, they don't tell you that, but they don't want to be associated with you because it might look bad for them. They don't have to tell me. I felt it. I saw it. Okay. So, and I experienced it, you know, and I watch people flip me off, call me a lot of bad words. And I'm sitting, standing there on East North Broadway with my kids holding my Garcia for Congress signs, you know, and, and the things that came out of people's mouth. You know, go back to Mexico, blah, blah, blah. You know, you name it. But there was also good people, too. There are people who supported me. You know, it's politics. You have to expect that. That's what happens when you run for office. You're going to get you're gonna get eaten up. People are going to challenge you. People are going to say, hey, you know, who's this guy? They're going to question you. They want to know who you are, what you do. And rightfully so. You have, the, you have to show who you are. You have to win people's trust. 
gain it. You can't just say, I'm going to vote for this guy because I don't like that guy. That's not, that's not, you know, I don't know. Something's weird about that. I don't think that's a good, that's a good way of philosophy for voting. You know, you, we also have to look at the future plans of how things work out. For many people, they don't do that. They vote party line. They strictly vote party line. doesn't matter who's there and what's that. They just trusted the people who, who they put there and run. But I'm going to tell you, most of these guys are all deciding, hey, you going to run for office this time? Let me run for this office. No, I'm going to run for this office. You know, if you're involved in politics deep enough, you'll know, you'll figure that out. You'll learn that pretty quick, how that works, especially in the Republican Party. My dad was Republican, I was Democrat. That was an interesting combination. And that's kind of how, uh, you know, it went. my father ran for uh, mayor of Columbus as a resident alien here in Columbus, Ohio, against Buck Reinhardt. You know, and he, you know, my father exposed a lot of corruption in Buck Reinhardt's administration. Uh, when he was talking about drugs coming through the airport, well, you know what happened? There was drugs to the airport. And boy, my dad slammed that hard on the, in the campaign trail. But you know what? He got disqualified because he was not a citizen. He was not able to vote for himself. He was not able to run. But technically, my dad said, hey, it's a city, it's a corporation. Corporation technically has to have a president. You know, there's different there's different types of corporate, you know, entities. So I don't know all about it. But I understand my dad's idea why he wanted to run. You know, corporations, one thing. And, you know, being a citizen is another. And it caused him a lot of problems. It ended up causing him a lot of problems. You know, the, the INS was called on him. And, you know, they wouldn't give him a citizenship for 32 years. It took him 32 years to get his citizenship just because he ran for office. And he had to prove himself. But they sure used him. The government sure used my dad. Excuse me. The government used my dad. My father, I'm just going to say, my father's not alive anymore. So neither is my mom. My father worked for the CIA. My father was... Uh, he was, a, he was a handler. He worked for the, the government. And that's how they used him. He was like a tube. They use you and they abuse you and they throw you away. And so he had a lot of things he did. I'm not going to get into it in this show. It's kind of my personal stuff. But I'd like you to know that because I think it's important that my dad did that. I think that he, even as a resident alien, he still worked for them. Even though he wasn't a full agent per se. They'll never know. They'll never tell you. But he did work for the government. He did go overseas and they did send him to stuff and he has some amazing stories about how he stayed alive but anyhow moving to the crux of what i was talking about earlier i was talking about switch we're going to change the name of america the united the usa is going to change his name you know the biggest thing that's happening right now is people are afraid to talk people are afraid to share people are afraid to speak their voice because somebody else is going to slam dance them on the floor you know Everybody has their ideas. Everybody has their beliefs. And everybody, you know, we, and we, we come from a place of fear sometimes when we hear other people share ideas that we're not in alignment with. Number one, this pandemic is one of the, a good example. Number two, when, when Trump was in office. And the third one is religion. Oh, God, don't even talk about religion. Don't talk about Trump. Don't talk about the pandemic. You know, because right now, you know, there, there, was, there, there was a big push. Are you vaccinated or not vaccinated? You know, everybody wants to know everybody's business. You know, we're getting to that place where, you know, we just, we're just violating people's uh, rights because we think we're, we're entitled to. You're not entitled to know anything about my personal health. I'm not entitled to know anything about your personal health. It's not your freaking business. And if you ask me, I won't tell you regardless if I didn't. You know, I don't ask people, hey, do you have herpes? Oh, excuse me. Do you have whooping cough? Oh, excuse me. You know, Excuse me, do you have this? Do you have that? Do we go around doing that? No. Are those things are those things contagious? Absolutely. You know, most people most people just think it's their business. It's not your business to ask somebody if they are or not. And the only time it's your business, okay, if you're sick, if you're not well, to stay away from people, okay? If you were sick and you didn't realize you were sick, to let the people know that you were that's just common sense. That's just being respectful. And I get that. And I understand where the people come from when they get upset when people don't say something. Sometimes you just didn't know you were sick. You know, sometimes, but when you know you're sick and you're there, that's a different story. The people who were, who were in good faith think that you're going to be okay, that you're well, they, should, they have the right to know. They have the right to, know, to feel. Now, History is one of those things that 
is written by the winners. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the Incas or the Spaniards or the Catholic Church. You know, the winners always write history. You write history. They write their version of history. They're the ones who get to say, hey, we won. You know what? This is how it went down. But, you know, history evolves, too. There are books. There are things, notes and things that are written in history. My friend puts it, he sent me this thing earlier about George Washington, was I found really interesting. I, mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know. It's, it's not that I didn't know because I'm ignorant. It's because history is always evolving. History is always changing. History's, things are being rediscovered. You know, there are things lost to history. You know, there was a time where the, you know, Al-Qaeda would go into the countries and destroy the effigies of Buddhas in certain countries, erase them, the, the religious artifacts of different cultures. Because they wanted to have their culture prominent and dominant. Okay, so they don't have a good track record, right? According to the outside world looking in. You know, I'm not in the Middle East. I'm not from the Middle East. I don't know the, the philosophy or the thinking in the Middle East. I don't know what those people were thinking. Now, when I watched the, the Afghanistan uh, thing explode, you know, as, right as, as an American, I think I have the right to say, as my tax dollars paying, I do believe we were there too long, yes. And that fire wasn't started by this administration. But, you know, this administration has also has the right to do executive orders and cancel things out that they don't like. You can't just be blaming. The blame game doesn't work anymore. That's, that's, you're too smart. You're too educated. We're too strong. We're too powerful of a nation to pass the buck to the other guy. Or the other guy did it. Oh, I just died it. You know, but it wasn't me. It was that administration, this administration, that guy. I mean, come on, man. Really? You know, as an American, I sit here going, watching the leadership of this country, you know, you want good leadership. And like I tell my friends that I say, I don't, I don't think we've had good leadership for the last two rounds. Honestly, quite frankly, I know some of you guys are Trumpers and you, and you, you love Trump. I don't dislike the guy necessarily. I don't necessarily like him either. And Biden... I don't know what to think about Biden, the old Biden that I knew historically, the guy who plagiarized people's speeches and used them in his own speeches and didn't give credit. You know, that's why he got disqualified in 1988, I believe. You know, we don't do enough research in the Cavalier statement that he made is, well, that was four days ago. Actually, it was two days ago. But basically what you're saying is, well, slavery was 200 years ago. The the the, the, the Spaniards coming 500 years ago. That was the past. It's over, over it. It, you know, that's what pissed me off. That bothered me. What bothered me is that, this, and I wrote this, we're the strongest, smartest, you know, and this is what I believe. Okay, this is my belief. You don't have to agree with me. But this is the United States of America. This is, this is a country that's very powerful. This is a country that has a lot of resources. This is a country that, you know, if it wanted to do something very, very drastically or help really in a way that's really huge humanitarian, they can do it. We have the money, we have the resources, we have the equipment, we have the military, we have, you name it. This is just my thinking. So please, just bear with me. What happened behind those closed doors, we'll never know. Because everybody covers their ass. We know that. There's always trying there's always trying to spin doctors trying to figure out how to spin the story. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> how to spin the story, how to make it better, how to make it right, how to make it look not so screwed up. All right. Things could be done in stages. Even a little kid could tell you that. You do things in stages. You know, well, Trump, Trump made the deal. Well, you have executive power, Mr. President. You can actually override his executive power. Okay, if you didn't feel like you should have done that, then you could have done that. So these are excuses. You know, we're not stupid. American we're not we're not we're not dumb. You know, to play the the blame game. No, I'm sorry. You know, you, you, they all do it. Every time a new president goes in office, they always erasing someone's executive orders. Messing up something. Cuz that's what they do. They just, it's cuz it's an ego. It's an ego trip. Republicans never it doesn't matter. They're always there to undermine each other because they want to leave a legacy for themselves. All of these presidents do. Don't kid yourself. They don't care about you. 
Hey, Andy, what's up, buddy? You know, they don't care. Most people, being president is the closest thing to being a king in this country. This is the closest thing to royalty that you'll ever get. You know, we have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to represent every aspect of America, not the aspect that you like and you care about. Just because you're a political party and your affiliation is that way, no. You represent all Americans and you have to find a way to bridge the gap. And if you can't do that, then get out. And how do you get out? People vote you out. People move you out. You know, and sometimes, you know, you get out, they throw you out. And so, you know what? What are you going to do? What's America going to do? Well, what America needs to do, and this is just my opinion, is people need to be vocal. You don't need to go destroy things and break things and erase history and destroy this and destroy that because you don't like it. History is, history is very valuable and very important, even if you don't like it. History is very, very crucial to our growth. You don't erase, we don't, we don't, we don't become the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and erase effigies of statues and stuff because we don't like it because, oh, it's a Confederate statue. I don't like it, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you don't put it in the front yard. Maybe you put it in the backyard because it's still history. There are people who fought. There are people who fought and died on both sides because they didn't know any better. They just knew they followed orders. They were, they had to do it or, you know, be court-martialed, go to jail. They had a different belief system. They, they thought differently. Do you think the North, everybody in the North was in agreement with that? No. Do you think everybody in the South was in agreement with that? No. Brothers and cousins fighting each other in the Civil War. One of the bloodiest Civil War in the world, right? Why? Because people with money and power caused all that. Yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm against slavery too. And the truth is, it wasn't all about slavery, my friends. Everybody they tried to make it sound like that. It was about economics. The South economically needed to have the way they were living because that's the only way they knew. Yet everybody always has things the way they know. This is how we've lived. Shocker, Afghanistan, boom, what happened? We're pulled out, you know, and everybody who's living comfortably, everybody who's living in peace, all of a sudden, it's gone in eight hours. Just like that. It erased. That's how quickly, how fragile it is. And I hear people say, well, we've been there too long. It's been 20 years, you know, we've been, I think, you know, there's a civil war, you know, and that's. You know, when you get into somebody else's problems, it's hard. I'm not into disagreement with you on that. My question is, how do you navigate, how do you get 10,000, 15,000 people out in a way that is justified, a way that you can do it? Don't tell me you can't do it, okay? Because the first person tells me, oh, well, it's logistically impossible. Listen, told you, we're America. We're the United States of America. I know right now they made up commercial airlines go in there and take help people get out. Will they get them all out? I don't know. I hope so. I guess what they we have a deadline on the 31st. We'll see how it goes. But that should never happen that way. This is just my belief. This is just my idea. You know? What's next? What's next for these people? What's next for Afghanistan? What's next for the people, the women of Afghanistan? Listen, if you think that can't happen here, that can happen here. It happened there. Whatever you see in the world is an, an image and a mirror of who what they we are. You know, here right now, we're battling things because we were not united. And you're never going to be totally united. There's never going to be a totally united front with the people of America, with other people of America. It's just, this, not just this, that's unrealistic. But we have to find a common ground. We have to find a, a place where we can all kind of say, okay, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. Let's work together on this. But it doesn't happen. It's all power play. It's all money. You, you know, your congressional leaders up there, most of those guys, it's all pork belly, man. They're all getting paid. They're all rich. They're all millionaires. They're all, they all leave there super rich, richer than they ever were when they went in, which is, you know, I mean, I guess it's okay, right? But you know what? They were, some of those guys are, were, were already rich when they went in there. So how do you get a common person to run for office? Most common people don't think they can run for office. Most common people say, well, I don't want to waste the time. Most people say, I don't have money. It takes money to run for all this. 
it takes money to run a car. It takes money to you know, put gas in your car. You know, 40 bucks in, 400 bucks just to make, you know? So my point is this. My point, if it is a point, is that we're in a place right now where we're, we've been totally pitted against each other. All of us have been pitted against each other in one form or another. If you voted for Trump, you're a racist. Have you heard that? I've heard that. And then people are afraid to talk. Except for some group. Some people will gladly let you know that they voted for Trump. But there are other people who won't say a word. You know, everybody has good and bad. Everybody has a version of pieces and parts that we don't like. And you know, just like Biden, he has pieces and parts that I don't resonate with. Trump has pieces and parts I don't resonate with. And I don't know if America just wanted to see The Apprentice Part 9 with him in office. Maybe that's what they wanted to see. Maybe that's what they were expecting to see him firing people left and right, which he kind of did. But, but you know, I talked to a lot of people, and their lives were fairly good with Trump. There are other people who were really upset with him. But I'll tell you one thing about what happened with him. Any other time in history, if anybody had said what he said, him and Billy Bush, it would have been done. It would have been over. It would have been like, and you know, they really, and the Democrats really thought they had him at that point. Of course, spin doctors come in, they spin the story. Tell them it's locker room talk. And you know what? I guess it worked. I guess that's why he became president. It didn't damage him. I remember lesser candidates buckling. You had an affair. We caught you. And they just buckled. Instead of saying, yeah, I had an affair. But my wife and I reconciled. Yeah, and so what? People have affairs all the time. Things happen to people. But that's not that's not their blood. But see, Trump was different. Trump was like, hey, that's what guys talk about in the locker room. Do they? Uh, a lot of times they do. I've been in the locker room. I've heard it. Not necessarily agreement with it, but I've heard it. I've heard a lot of crazy stuff in the locker room. Trust me. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. But that's kind of what where we're at. America has, has an identity crisis right now. Especially the pandemics caused us to have an identity crisis because now we're coming out of our little caves little by little, slowly, surely, one step at a time. And we're finding ourselves uh, struggling to acclimate to some degree because we're uncertain and, and a lot of us th thought we had the right to know if someone was vaccinated or unvaccinated. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wash your hands, don't touch your face, remember all that? Well, uh, clean, wash your, uh, your cans and stuff. I mean, we were real, real vigilant because we didn't know. I think a lot of people in the beginning probably were like, okay, there's maybe there's some, maybe there's some truth to this. Maybe there's... Maybe there is some something about this. And I think little by little what happened was, this is, this is how I'm just seeing it, I don't know if it's true or not, is I think people when they started seeing the numbers go down, I think what happened was they understood, they go, okay, well it's safe now, we can go back. And are, is, it, is it safe? I don't know, it depends where you're getting your data from. If you're getting from the CDC, from the government, from uh, you know different organization over here, over there, you know, it just really depends. And then the media doesn't help. The media just makes things worse sometimes. They just make they just instill fear. They never talk about the people who heal, the people who are doing better, the people who've fought, you know, who've gotten out of it, who've won. You know, and I'm sure someone's going to post, well, look, I saw, I found something on MSNBC where this guy survived COVID three times. You know, I get that. You know, I had some really good friends die from it. I have family members who have died from it. But it doesn't mean that I have to stop living and stop, you know, saying, hey, you know what? Question. You should always question. The rush to push and the rush to inject, the rush to jab and, you know, you have the right to ask that. You have the right to question that as an American. You have the right to question, actually, you have the right to question that as a human being. As a human being, your, your enable, enable rights are to question authority when you think the authority is abusing you. You know, we don't know who's pulling the strings. We only know what we see and what's in front of us. 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very neutral about this because you know what? It's like, I see the one side and I see the other side, but it doesn't make sense sometimes when you watch what's going on. You know, I don't like the underhand stuff. You know, when I was reading a Newsweek article about how parents sign away their consent and not even realize they're signing away their consent for their kids to get vaccinated. Is that right? Then what happens if you don't sign the consent form? These are the questions we need to ask. You're going to watch a lot of offshoots. You're going to watch a lot of people going in a certain direction. There's a lot of control and manipulation right now happening. And you know what? If that's how you feel, you should express that and talk about that. I'm, I'm personally tired of pretending and hiding and acting like everything's okay. Like, you're, you know, it's not okay. You know, I don't talk about it all the time. And sometimes I post something and, you know, and I get corrected because it's not correct. And I'll take it down. But, you know, without actually being there, you don't really know what's happening. It's like you looking in my house through a window and trying to say, oh, I know how Iggy lives. He walks to that room. He goes to the bathroom. And then sometimes he sits at his computer. You don't have any idea. You have no clue what's happening in my life. You're looking at me like a fish tank, looking at your fish. Your fish is looking at you going, what are you doing, you know? You know, to think that you know what's going on in the world just because you watch the news and because the fact checkers tell you, hey, no, that's not correct. Even the fact checkers need to be checked. And that's my truthful opinion. Because when you find out the fact checkers are, are also working and are funded by some of these corporations that create some of the products and stuff that we're using. Now, I do need to do a little research on this. I know that Pfizer approved their uh, one of their vaccines, but it's not the vaccine they're giving out right now. It's the new vaccine that they're, they've created, then the second generation vaccine. Because the other one's still under emergency use, from my understanding. If I'm wrong, correct me, let me know. Because I haven't been able to really track and face that down. I've just seen some articles, and I'm not sure if they're, you know what I'm saying? But it's interesting to know. It's because pharmaceutical companies, they protect themselves and they, they protect their ass from being sued. You know, if you don't want to get sued, then try to make something right. Make it, make it, make it good. You know, this isn't like a lawnmower, you know, where you're going to make something go bad and you have to fix it. You're dealing with people's lives. Take some quality, take some assurance what you're doing the pharmaceutical company has a lot of responsibility to us as people if they want us to take it you know when people are getting sick from taking it well no wonder people are questioning no wonder people are asking because the biggest thing that i remember, i remember follow the science Iggy. i remember people throwing in my face it's in the science follow the science follow the science Iggy. you know with that smart ass bitch attitude you know really pissed me off follow the science Okay, now those people who said told me to follow science don't say nothing anymore. You don't hear them saying follow the science anymore. Because now people who have the vaccine are now getting COVID. What the hell is that? I thought this was the miracle drug. I thought it was I thought it was the thing that was gonna save the world. You know? I thought it was gonna be the thing that we were supposed to do. Follow the science. Oh, uh, you know what? Scientists make errors. Scientists are people. You know, and computers that they use and, you know, projections they use is because someone programmed it. Okay. And so my belief sometimes is you should question the science and not just follow the science. Yeah, science has its place. Science has done some great things. No one's going to, no one's discounting that. And I know we were in a rush and we were in a hurry to find a cure to save the world but it didn't happen it, it didn't didn't happen why because it just didn't happen it's 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 a cycle did the chinese did they throw out a, a virus out there biological warfare are we at war cold war i don't know are we do we ask those questions nobody asks those questions everybody's afraid to ask people are afraid to ask those questions because they might 
they might offend somebody you might offend somebody of an asian descent i have asian friends and they they ask they say the same thing to me i think we're i think the chinese did and they're not necessarily chinese but but they're of asian descent you know you know now we have what is this uh havana syndrome or whatever i forget what it's called but where people are having these already these things where they're having side effects and stuff because during the cold war they used to use uh, uh x-rays and stuff they would push it on beam it at uh, what is it the the ambassadors of the embassies the u.s embassies and different embassies and the guys would die from cancer so havana syndrome you know i guess that's what vice president harris had uh, has as some form of it or whatever so it kind of scares me a little bit to know that our world leaders are very that vulnerable that they can be they can be touched and tapped in that way that should be worrisome if if, if they have so much detail and so much security how are they able how can that happen to them now listen i'm here to tell you don't be afraid to talk don't be afraid to share just don't be abusive don't destroy somebody because you want to prove your point so many people try to prove their point and they just get so angry because no one's listening no one's listening to you because number one you're yelling and you're screaming and you think your truth is absolute all truths are half truths period even what i'm telling you here you know because part of it may be wrong i may have been interpreting it wrong but don't be afraid to speak don't be afraid to share don't be afraid to post don't be afraid to write it's your right as a human being not necessarily an american it's your right to share it. In some other countries, you don't even have the right to talk and share what you're feeling. My God, go to the Philippines. Watch all the crazy stuff that happens there. But people submit. People submit. People because you know why people submit because they don't think they're they can do anything about it. They're not powerful enough. They can't defend themselves. You know, when people don't have ways to protect themselves, they have to fall in line. If you don't have guns. You don't have any kind of way to protect yourself. You, you fall in line. The reason this country is strong is because there are citizens in this country who refuse to disarm. And that's good for them. That's their belief system. That's their right. That's their, that's their constitutional right. The right to bear arms. And you know what? Try taking that away from them. Good luck with that. I like to see that happen. You know, you say, well, Iggy, people get killed with guns. No, people with guns kill, okay? Guns don't kill people. People who with guns kill people. That's something no one talks about because everybody, and then, you know, sometimes the people with the guns that kill people have mental issues, and we never talk about that, okay? A knife kills too. A spoon kills too. A rock to the head kills too, okay? So people with a weapon fire it. It's the person. Never forget that. Don't skew it. Don't make it look like this isn't Hollywood, okay? And this isn't this. No. Someone pulls a trigger that had intent, regardless if that meant issues or not. The illusion is, oh, well, guns are bad. No, guns are not bad. Guns are only bad when we use them improperly. Okay, cars are bad when we use them improperly. Well, if we run people over with our car, like the guys did in those protests. Using improperly, right? It becomes a deadly weapon. Anything that you touch and you have intent, malice intent to use it, I'm pretty sure becomes a deadly weapon. And so speak up or don't speak. It's your choice. I just sometimes feel like I have to say something because you know what? No one's going to say it. Maybe I have to be a voice for a small minority or a minority of one, maybe me. And you know, when we don't share and we don't talk about the things that are in front of us, it, it just collects and festers inside of us and it just boils in there. And then all of a sudden we explode and then we get angry and then we're resentful. And then we just lash out at everyone and everything. Now, some people watch from afar and they're okay with that. That's fine. I have no problem. With that. I, don't, I don't care what, how you do it. But, you know, protect what we have. A lot of people, a lot of good people died to give us, you know, the foundation that we have today. And that foundation has to be 
sometimes we have to add mortar back to it and, and refix it and straighten it up and look at it and say, hey, you know, and not just assume. Our living constitution is very powerful. It's a living document, it's something that's there that protects all of us, not just one of us, it protects all of us to some degree. You know, I'm not saying you have to be a rebel and you have to go out there and fight and, you know, protest. You know, you can write letters in private. You can share. You can call in, you know. The point is, is you've got to be kind of active to some degree if you want to see the changes that you want to see in your world. These changes don't just happen by chance, by osmosis, you know. You have to literally engage. You know, if you want to go to the store, you can you can walk there. You can bike there. You can drive there. And so they create teleportation. We won't go there. But you know what I'm saying? My point is you have to find the right vehicles to move you into that area. You know, there's there's just a lot of bashing right now. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of confusion. People are upset. People are, are frustrated. People feel like they're being duped. You know, there are people who are questioning, hey, you know, why, why are we firing all these nurses? If there's a pandemic situation, well, people will probably tell you, well, Iggy, we're firing them because they won't take the vaccine, Iggy. I thought they were a qualified nurse. You know, what if they had a condition, immune compromised person? Like myself, I'm immune compromised. You know, there are immune compromised people who take the vaccine. What I'm assuming, I don't know. What about people with religious beliefs that don't feel that they should take the vaccine? They just get, you just get to violate their belief system? Because if not, we're going to save the world. I remember when they were telling everybody, they were, you're killing my friends, you're saving my family. You know, if you don't get this or that, you're, you're, you don't wear a mask, you're not, you know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what those kind of programming does to people. I know I've lost a lot of good friends, and I'm people unfriend me, and people moved on. Hey, listen, it's just social media, right? This is where the new revolutions happen. This is where the new ideas are born. Before it was in the pubs, before it was in the bars and the restaurants, people would drink and hang out because it was quiet. But now we're here on social media sharing our ideas, and then private companies decide, well, we're going to censor them and turn them off because they might start a riot. They may start. It's our patriotic duty. Actually, it's my shareholders I need to protect, not my patriotic duty. We don't want that on our platform. And rightfully so. They're a private company. I get it. I understand. But that's this just tells you how much power social media has. How much indoctrination it's into our lives. There is probably nobody on this planet that doesn't have any form of social media. That they roll around with or, or connect with. I believe that everybody at some level has deep connection with social media. Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you know, Sprecher, you know, TikTok, you name it. Social media has become the new way to express our creativity or to express what's on our mind or to share information that's just regurgitated. A lot of these guys on TikTok just regurgitate information and they become TikTok famous. Because they're just regurgitating information and doing it in a really cool way. Oh, but the platform's from China. Hey, you know, it's a world economy. It's a global world, right? That's what we created and that's what we want and that's what we, we've moved into. And with that, we have consequences. We have uh, things that happen, things that occur. Can't get away from it. It just is what it is. Good luck, you know? But I do find when when private companies, and I know they have the right to do it, when they feel like they need to censor people, when they need to like shut people down, you know, there are people who post things about, you know, whatever they're posting. And then, you know, you got the Taliban, they still have their Twitter account up, you know, I guess. I don't know, but you get what I'm trying to say, right? This, according to my government, they're a terrorist organization. So. You know, I'm just going with that. So a terrorist organization has allowed, allowed to have a Twitter uh, platform. You know, 
You see the irony, right? You see the irony, right? You see what I'm trying to say, right? Maybe that's the way they can check on him and keep up with him. Plus, I don't think they would even say anything on there of any value, anyhow. I know a lot of world leaders are really upset with, with Biden right now. They feel that he conceded and he surrendered. And they were talking about court martialing. He should be court martialed here by our military. I don't know. I'm just sharing what I hear. Will it happen? Probably not. If Listen, if they couldn't impeach Trump, they impeached him in one house, in the House, but not in the Senate. You ain't going to see Biden go anywhere either. So don't hold your breath on that. Good luck with that one. Because all his buddies are in there, you know. And then, you know, of course, Trump had all his teammates on the other in the other in the Senate. Because that's politics. That's that's how politics works. It's a buddy system. It's a buddy buddy system. And that's pretty much how it goes. But I wrote that today because I felt like I just wanted to share something. I don't want to be afraid to to speak my mind. And you know, you know, the other day I posted about gas, you know, and I was curious. It wasn't about Biden, but of course, everybody took it to Biden because they assumed that's where I was going to go. No, that's not where I was going to go. I was curious to know why we don't use our oil reserves to lighten the load on people here in America who work very hard every day with jobs, pay a lot of taxes, all right, and we have to pay $3 or $5 in whatever state you live in, you know, to get to point A to point B. But hey, the economy is stuck. It doesn't really... Listen... I'm 54, okay? Some of you are older, some of you are younger. I've been around. I've seen it. When the United States wants to do things for its people, it doesn't. When it wants to burden, you know, you know, help us take the burden off a little bit, they can they'll do it. But when they really want to gouge you and take it from you, they take it from you. And sometimes we don't say anything. You know, I don't know if our founding fathers would want to pay 30% on income tax like we do. You know, when I was a small business, I had to match people's, you know, you know, their their taxes with Social Security and stuff. You know, it's like double dipping on taxes. You know, you already took it from them. Now you want me to match it? Why should I match it? They already paid it. You know, it's hard for a small business person to survive. I didn't survive the pandemic either with my restaurant. I wasn't able to open, reopen again. You know, I paid, I paid dearly. You know, I auctioned off my stuff. My family's, you know, restaurant 40 years. Why? Because we had to shut down because we had to save the world. And what's better than that? You know, the money that I got from it doesn't, doesn't make, come even close to making it right. But yet, the airlines and Ford Motor Company and all these big companies get a bailout and they get a lot of good money. They get millions of dollars. Is Iggy Garcia and his family? No. We, we just get according to whatever we made. And then sometimes the rent, my properties, will I get that money back? Impact? They make it very difficult. When the people who do want to help us with impact and they're, you know, they want to help, and then some, some renters don't want to help with impact because they don't want to disclose their, their finances because they may be doing something illegal. Then you're screwed. You know, they want to know everything you do. They want to, they want to check your records with the records that you presented with the IRS for. You know, I, I know the game. They want to see if you're cheating or lying. Instead of trying to help you, instead of trying to, you know, Lessen the burden on you. So, a lot of the properties, a lot of the properties I have, some of the properties in my family, we lost a lot. We lost a lot, not because we didn't want to apply for it. It's just it's the tenant that has to apply for that impact to help the landlord. It's probably the only time the landlord gets help, and then the tenant doesn't want to help. It's like a catch twenty-two. You know, I can't write it off. You know, I can write, you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, if there's another, another, uh, 
another lockdown, I don't know what happens to the properties. Because, you know, you can only make some, you, you, this, is, this is how you make your money, this is how you make your income, this is how you survive. If that's how you make your money, it's not about going and getting a job. Your job will never cover, be able to cover the mortgages that you've or you are paid off by the renters, the tenants, because that's the agreement to live in the house. And there's people who take advantage of that situation. There are people who can pay and they don't want to pay. Then after October, when the impact's over, you know, because it got extended, a lot of these people will have to go to court. And when you try to get money back from them, you're never going to get it back because they don't have the money to do it. And legally, you're allowed, you're entitled to it. But good luck with that. You know, good luck with that. Have fun with that. So, you know, all businesses were affected. All businesses were affected. But especially small family businesses. There's a lot of restaurants that closed down. You probably know restaurants. You probably know businesses that closed down. Why? Because of the decisions we make. Because of the ideas we make. You know, we... we we let corporations stay in business and serve the public, but then we don't let small businesses stay in business and serve the public. But Iggy, you could have made carryouts. You don't make any money on carryouts. I'm sorry. You it just, you know, when you have DoorDash and Grubhub and they're all taking their 30% on top of your, of your money, taking that from you, you're not making any money. You know, you think you are, but there's always somebody else making more money than you, using you. But that's, 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 well, that's, that's free enterprise, right? That's capitalism. But here we are. Here we are. The only thing I can tell you is just don't be afraid to share. Don't be afraid to talk about what you're feeling. Yeah, you may get slapped a little bit by people, but so what? So what? You get slapped around, but you stood by what you believed in. You stood by what was important to you. And that's what matters, I believe. That's what matters, is that you're able to go to bed and go to sleep and say, I said what I had to say. And it doesn't really matter what anybody believes or said. Because there's always going to be a critic. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't like you. There's always going to be somebody who's going to accuse you of things, okay? Accuse you of things that are not true. Because they heard it this way, or heard it that way, or they perceived you a certain way, or they experienced you a certain way. And that's the biggest thing is how people experience you, how they perceive you. And, you know, and then they make their judgments about you. So you just, you act how you act, you be who you are, and share. How do we make this place better? By sharing. In a quiet way, or a loud way. But you do what you well, you do what's best for you. You do you do what's best for you in, in these situations. Because you already do. You have to make decisions for yourself. You can ask the doctors, you can ask your financial planner, you can ask everybody. In the end, you'll still make the decision for what you think is best for you. And that's kind of the way it should be. Just make the decision that's right for you. Because you'll be, be you'll feel better, a lot better about it. You'll be a lot happier. But if you put your, if you're putting your trust in things, that's okay. But always be vigilant. Always be vigilant and say, you know, and ask those questions. Don't just let it go, just, you know, because you trust, because you think, because you know, because they are who they are. Because you'd be surprised, you know, that you were probably, you were probably more right than they were. I mean, people only try to do the best things they can. They all, they try to do the best they can with the situation they're in. All right, my friends. I think I've said enough, and I think I've shared what I needed to share today and being where I needed to be today because I was getting kind of frustrated that I wasn't able to share. And when I did share, there was always somebody who was butthurt, you know? But I'm, I understand now that there's always going to be somebody who's butthurt. It doesn't really matter. You know, whatever you post. It'd be friends or family, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be someone out there who's going to challenge what you say. And you have to have thick skin. 
when you have to move through it and navigate through it. Because if you don't, you're just going to struggle with it. It's going to, you're going to be feeling the results of that. And don't be that person that says, oh, I wish I would have said something. Well, you always get an opportunity to say something. All right, guys. Good night. I will talk to you soon. Hope It's good to be here. I want to thank everybody for joining me. What's next? What's next on ERSA Live, episode 153? Enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it tonight. I will see you guys soon. Be well. We have a drum circle coming up this uh, Saturday at 3 o'clock at Schiller Park in German Village. I hope you could come and hang out with us. And then we'll see you, and then we're, we'll figure out how the rest of the season, drum season, goes. And I will talk to you soon. Peace out, guys. Be well.